0: Greetings and welcome. Welcome to the Full Circle Living podcast series. I'm Dr. Derek Sweet. We're celebrating Women's History Month. I'd like to take a moment to thank the women in my life who've made such an incredible difference for me. And I'd also like to thank women around the world who continue to be the difference for us all. My topic today is depression. I chose depression to discuss as a mental health topic in Women's History Month because women experience depression twice as much as men. I also chose this topic because as a psychiatrist, someone who treats depression, I have seen firsthand how difficult and challenging it is for many women to get treatment for depression because of the stereotypes that women face when they are dealing with depressive symptoms. Women are stereotyped as overly emotional, overly reactive, overly sensitive or dramatic. And as a result, their symptoms of depression can be dismissed easily, discounted, and yes, even held against them. Now what makes this really sad for me is that the depression is a medical illness, it is not an emotional experience. Sometimes we can be down and get sad and have the blues, that's different. But depression, major depression, clinical depression, is medical. It's medical in nature because it's often driven by hormonal changes in the body and neurotransmitter changes in the body and it has outcomes outcomes such as negative cardiovascular outcomes uh, negative immune system outcomes and ultimately negative social outcomes as well as the worst case scenario suicide depression is thought to be by the world health organization If not the leading cause, it'll be the second or third leading cause of disability in years to come. I'd like to spend a moment helping us all sensitize ourselves to what it is to be a woman. When I treat depression as a psychiatrist, uh, I have to be aware that women have a different biology than men and a different physiology than men. I have to be also aware that women experience depression differently than men, and that women are at higher risk for depression than men based on some of the phases, the natural biological phases that women have to go through, such as puberty, Premenstrual phases, menstruation, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, and uh, menopause. So as I start to think about just these cycles or phases that women must navigate, and how There may be and there are specific physiological or hormonal changes that occur in each of these phases that may put a woman at higher risk for depression and how much she has to manage while taking care of the family, while taking care of her work, while being in leadership positions or uh, balancing so many other factors you begin to understand how depression could really create disability if it's not addressed because of the pressure it adds into an already pressurized situation of being a female in a male dominant society so i just wanted to think that through with you as i was putting it together in my own head here Uh, how women uh, do face certain phases and their bodies have to react to these phases and it's real. So let's look at let's see what contributes to the depression of women. Let's look at puberty. Now men obviously go through puberty as well, so just uh, to be clear. Uh, But in the research, it shows that Hormonal changes during puberty can increase the risk of depression in women, in young women. And even though the mood swings and the fluctuation in hormones and the emotionality can be definitely uh, tricky to navigate in puberty because... During puberty, we, we have so much going on. The young person is trying to make sense of all of the different changes that are happening in her body and, and, and navigating that. So there, there are definitely fluctuations in mood and, and behaviors as one begins to think through one's sexuality, her, uh, uh, one's identity. It's a time where conflicts may come up. And uh, there's also pressure to achieve in school, to achieve in sports and other areas of life. In addition to navigating the stormy and stressful time of, of these hormones swirling around, particularly the link between estrogen and depression has been studied. And so if a young lady enters into puberty too early, or if she's delayed in her puberty, or even just going through the latter half of the puberty cycle, uh, it's been shown that this estrogen-depression link can have an association that creates for the young lady that even after puberty, depression rates might continue to be higher. And so I think just stepping back and understanding that puberty is this tricky period of having to understand what's depression and what's normal puberty and the pressures that come with it is something that we as psychiatrists are always looking at when a young person is brought it to us and, and and we're told that they're depressed. We take it seriously but this it's a lot of work for parents and for providers to treat and understand what's normal puberty and what's depression. So Let's fast forward for a moment and think about men's, the premenstrual period. For most females with premenstrual syndrome symptoms, such as uh, uh, abdominal bloating or breast tenderness or headache, sometimes you get anxiety or irritability, uh, even feeling down. That's short-lived. So with the, men's, the menstrual cycle, which men we just don't have, we there's a a complete biological, physical, physiological phenomenon that's happening to women monthly uh, where there's this, as I just mentioned, breast tenderness, headache, uh, anxiety, irritability, bloating, feeling uncomfortable, maybe feeling down. Those are short-lived, and they're not necessarily depression. But there is a fraction of females who... Experience more than this during the premenstrual period, and due to disruption of of, horm- of hormones that we won't be able to get into here, they have more severe and disabling symptoms that disrupt them from being able to work, uh, to be able to engage in relationships in in ways that are stable. To study or perform sports, and at that point, it's no longer premenstrual syndrome, they may be facing something that we call in psychiatry premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD. It's a type of depression that generally requires treatment. And so, taking a step back, it's important to understand that the premenstrual period does come with physical symptoms that can indeed create distress, anxiety, and temporary feeling of being blue. And so there's got to be a level of understanding of that. But that also during this period, if these symptoms become more severe and disabling, that we are looking at potentially a depressive disorder that's related to the premenstrual uh, period. And so we usually treat that. Now, nobody knows why these two things are exactly linked, uh, the depression and PMS or PMDD. Uh, But again, we surmise, like I mentioned to you in puberty, that there was this whole idea of the emergence of estrogen in the premenstrual uh, syndrome. There is this thinking about cyclical changes in estrogen and progesterone and other hormones as well that may disrupt neurotransmitters in the brain or brain chemicals such as uh, serotonin, uh, maybe dopamine, things that that control a woman's mood. And so in combination with difficulties in life and other experiences, this very biologically driven depression that is associated with premenstrual period is important. To understand, and not just write off. So I talked about puberty. I talked a little bit about premenstrual uh, problems, and now I could like talk about pregnancy, which, by the way, is a time of health. I ain't no way want to pathologize pregnancy here. I think that's another thing that sometimes men and, uh, and some providers do. They look at a pregnant female or a pregnant woman, and they think, oh, this is this is a problem that we have to fix. Actually. Pregnancy is a, a time of health, and should be. However, there are dramatic hormonal changes that can occur during pregnancy, and these hormonal changes, just as we talked about in the uh, premenstrual period and, and during puberty, these uh, whenever you have hormonal changes, periods where your hormones are doing things in the body, these, they, these things can affect your mood. So... It's really important during pregnancy to ask and detect if a woman is experiencing mood changes and to determine what level of function is being affected by the mood change. Most women, as I mentioned, are able to get through this, they ride the waves, they're remarkably resilient at being able to manage this period. However, we cannot just write off mood symptoms as, oh, you're just pregnant, right? So that's the idea. I want to sensitize you, the listener, to the idea that when someone is pregnant or trying to become pregnant, uh, there are many emotions and physiological uh, phenomena that are happening that we really do have to pay attention to. Now other issues may also increase the risk of developing depression during pregnancy uh, or even during the attempt to become pregnant and that could be if there's a lifestyle change at work for example or if there's some other life stressor like a relationship problem or a divorce or, uh, or traumatic violence happening during the pregnancy. Uh, if a woman has had previous history of depression, that can also be a problem. Now, not getting social support uh, or uh, having uh, the prospect of a miscarriage or um, whether the pregnancy is wanted or unwanted, there's so many factors to think through. Uh, In my case I have to think through whether or not a woman has been on an antidepressant before, did she stop her antidepressant and as a result of this is she now more at risk during the pregnancy being off of her medicines to become depressed. So again, pregnancy, dramatic hormonal changes, and it's something to really think through and to be careful with because life still occurs while someone is pregnant, while a woman is pregnant. Life is still occurring. The pressures are still coming, and there's more pressure. What I'd like you to understand is that for every phase that I talk about, life occurs for this woman or these females, and it's pressure upon pressure upon pressure that's being balanced with the expectation that they have to perform at the same level as a man or anybody else. And and really, sometimes they get buried under the expectation uh, that they just have to perform. So I mentioned puberty. I mentioned pregnancy. Let's talk a little bit about the postpartum. So many new mothers uh, in the postpartum period after giving birth, many new mothers find themselves feeling sad, they find themselves feeling angry, irritable, and experience, they may experience crying spells after they give birth because, again, so many hormones, so many physiological changes and psychological changes carrying uh, a being in your, in, your, in, your, in your being for nine months or more right? So these feelings uh, that can come up are somewhat normal. They, can, they call them the baby blues, uh, but if they start lasting longer than they should or they start amplifying, they may indicate that there is a postpartum depression and we should be sensitive to that. So what, do, what I look for when I have to treat postpartum depression is whether or not there's the crying that happens after the postpartum, during the postpartum period is more than usual. Whether uh, the woman starts to feel as if she's a bad mom, she's having really so low self-esteem, or feeling numb, or overly anxious, can't sleep, can't function during the day, not doesn't feel as if she's going to be able to care for the baby. And, and, a, and a big one is is a fear that she might harm the baby. That's something that I see often in my practice is when uh, the, the idea that I might harm my baby or I feel like this is coming up inside of me or worse or even, even more um, thoughts of suicide as well. So again, uh, the postpartum period is a tricky transitional time. Where again, there's physiological and psychological. There are physiological and psychological factors at play here, and so it's really important that we understand that postpartum depression is not just the mother simply having some problem adjusting to the child. It's just postpartum depression is a serious medical condition. It requires really prompt treatment. And uh, as much as I, I think 15% of 10 to 15% of women. Um, uh can experience postpartum depression so i've talked about puberty i've talked about the premenstrual uh syndromes as well as pre, pre uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder i've talked uh about postpartum depression and now i'd like to spend a moment or two just talking about perimenopause Uh, So that's important to to discuss because uh, perimenopause can easily be dismissed again. It's another time when hormones are changing, uh, the body is changing, and it's one of the longest of the phases that I'm talking about, uh, longer than puberty, and it could be longer than uh, pregnancy too, and uh, certainly the postpartum period. Uh, it's one of the longest of, of the phases that women go through and it can go, on for, it can go on for as much as five to ten years or even longer. And it's often the most misunderstood, this perimenopausal period. And not just by men, forget men, women too sometimes uh, don't understand when they are in the middle of a perimenopausal period and so um, they may dismiss their own symptoms. So, uh, and sometimes they confuse perimenopause with menopause. So perimenopause is when a, woman, when a woman's fertility is winding down, basically, and when her menstrual periods are becoming irregular, and eventually when menopause is reached, that's when the menstruation stops. So, this is where sometimes we see women report things like hot uh, flashes and difficulty sleeping so again there the roles that hormones play here as they go through uh, the, as a women go through this uh, perimenopausal and menopausal period are disrupted these hormones are disrupted and it, it, in some ways you could understand why you may be seeing a higher incidence or, or, of depression in women than men because men, I've heard this thing about male menopause and I do believe there is such a thing. However, this is way more studied and way more physiologically uh, under, uh, better understood and I'd like to focus on the idea that uh, when a woman comes in at a certain age uh, with interrupted or poor sleep, uh, depressive symptoms, uh, either weight gain or feeling uh, out of sorts, that so this is something that we have to look at. What phase of life is she in? Is this associated with the hormonal changes that are in a perimenopausal phase for her or in actual menopause? So. I, I know I covered a lot today, right? So I I just wanted to let you know that depression is just not simply oh I'm just down in woman in particular, that we have to understand is is this young lady in puberty, uh, is this a premenstrual problem, is 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 this a pregnancy? That even did we even ask about pregnancy, right? Is, uh, and then uh, in the postpartum period, are we looking at uh, for depression and certainly um, as we get older in life, uh, perimenopause and menopausal uh, phases that may create a high risk for depression. So that's a lot to take in. And uh, I think if you think about it, you will understand why we do have to pay greater attention to women as they go through these various cycles and have more sympathy, well, maybe not sympathy, more empathy for what it means to be female and to navigate these physiological and psychological developmental challenges and to also be functional. It certainly uh, sensitizes me in my treatment of, of women and how I Approach depression with women now. Uh, beyond the, uh, remember I mentioned to you that uh, um, that there are other conditions that occur with depression, right? So I don't want to leave you with the thinking that uh, depression is simply these f- hormonal changes. There are other conditions. Women with depression often have other mental health conditions that need treatment as well they can have an eating disorder they can have drug or alcohol use or anxiety so there's that that can be contributing to the depressive feelings there's also the idea that um cultural issues racism discriminations discrimination uh, sexism uh life circumstances there's so much more uh, that that we did not cover here today that contribute to the development, that may possibly contribute to the development of depression in women and can certainly um, occur in addition to all of what a woman has to go through. So this is Dr. Sweet. I know I spent a long time uh, discussing depression in women, but I felt as if we needed to take a moment, take a step back, understand the various pressures and the various challenges that women face and so marvelously overcome and cope with and continue to function uh, with. And I pray that what we hear today is that when a woman mentions that she's down or depressed that we would automatically begin to think, well, what else is she dealing with and coping with that we may not have asked or may not have seen. This is Women's History Month. We celebrate the strength, the courage, the tenacity of women around the world, and we are joining with them uh, to work through the barriers that keep women from getting the treatment that they need for this very difficult condition, medical, depression. This is Dr. Sweet. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back with my second podcast on women and anxiety in the next one. Thank you.